Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello and welcome again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris, your host, taking you through the red ink. And uh, hopefully, little of it will stick and you'll find it easier and easier to think red ink. Uh, we've been talking about, for several episodes now, Jesus speaking to the woman of Samaria at the well. Um, today, uh, they kind of get into a subject that is, uh, uh, it's kind of difficult for people who don't practice keeping the Feast of the Lord because uh, these things are all new to them and they don't really understand what's being said here. Um, but. Um, in a lot of cases, um, just to talk about these kind of things can generate some kind of interest in people where they just they want to know what are what's the feast of the Lord all about. Well, um, let's continue here. Um, the woman said, "I know that when Messiah comes, which is called Christ, uh, when He has come, He will tell us all things." Jesus replied, "I am He that speaks unto thee." That's me. I'm, I'm answering. I'm answering your question now. All right. The disciples returned and marveled that Jesus was talking with the woman, yet none of them questioned him as to his reason. The woman left her water pot and went into the city where she said to the men, we don't know who these men were, said unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? First of all, where did she get the idea that uh, he told her all things whatsoever she did? Um, I guess she didn't want to say to these men, told me all the private stuff in my life that nobody knows about which probably would have uh, triggered more questions on their part. But nevertheless, uh, she said, uh, is this not the Christ? Now, she was obviously convinced that he was more than a prophet, um, as, well, she thought he was a prophet, Ask him these questions, and he was able to answer them. And when she mentioned that when the Christ comes, that he'll be able to answer these questions. He tells her, I just answered it for you, I am the Christ. She evidently believed it because she went to them and said, I got no reason to believe he's not the Christ. This guy knows my life. The men left the city and approached Jesus as his disciples were asking, uh, were asking him to eat. Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Uh, you remember when it says that all this was taking place because the disciples had gone into town to buy meat? In the King James Bible, just a little hint for you, when the Bible says meat, it's talking about food. They went into town to buy food. They didn't go to the butcher shop. They went into town to buy food. So when the Bible's talking about that kind of meat, it's talking, or the kind that we're all thinking about, um, it uses the term flesh, you see? So 
They went into town to get food. They offered Jesus food. And then he says, I've got food to eat that you don't know anything about. The disciples asked one another, has any man brought him something to eat? And Jesus answered, there you go again. <laughs> oh, okay, he didn't, he didn't do that. Um, but, you know, it must have been frustrating to him to try to explain things to his disciples of a spiritual nature with the, the understanding uh, of men. We just don't understand much. And uh, so he just found himself, you know, up here, talking down here, and nobody getting what he was saying. And he says, My food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I think that's an interesting thought. This is the way I sustain myself. I do what my father tells me to do. That's the way I sustain myself. Boy, that would be such a great testimony about any of us that we could say that. This is the way I sustain myself. Uh, I like to think that me sitting here at this table under hot lights <laughs> is the way I sustain myself. I'm, I'm trying to do what I feel like the Father's called me to do. And he goes on to say that this is becoming more and more important, guys, that we find these opportunities and take them uh, because, he says, for example, you say four months and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They're white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life, that both he and that soweth, that he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap whereupon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye have entered into their labors. He's saying that this is a team effort. This is something that, that we're trying to do to please our Father. This is something that is extremely important. And um, you have to understand that this isn't all falling on your shoulders. You know, I, I don't know if it's true for other preachers, but, you know, sometimes I get a little depressed, and, and I think, you know, I don't know that I can do this. I just don't know if I can just keep this up. If one more person writes to me and, and, you know, tells me that I'm a heretic and I'm going to quit, <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. Jesus says, beware when all men speak well of you. Mm, okay, maybe I better continue a little longer. But nonetheless, we get the feeling very, I don't know, like it's personal or something. Like, you know, I just can't continue. You better continue. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are making things like this possible. It's just, I mean, right now, there's a person behind the camera. There's a person that's making, uh, making uh, these recordings. There's a person that's seeing it. The transmitter is transmitting right now. There's, there's people out there that are doing these things for the Lord. And it, this, is, this isn't all on your shoulders. Man, you're entering into labors that were not yours. This is a wonderful time to be doing what we're doing. I don't know, maybe it was better then, maybe it'll be better in the future, but you know, right now, this is not bad. You know, we can, we can have joy within ourselves that we're doing what the Lord wants us to do. And it's okay. Just stay at it. Just keep on working. There's plenty to do. 
Uh, there's the, the, wheat, the fields are white unto harvest. What, what does that mean? These people are ready to come in. But they don't want to come in because our Christianity, we, we have toyed with it and played with it and, and took it less seriously than we should have. And, and we haven't checked anything and we haven't read anything and we haven't, we haven't purposefully looked into these kind of things. We just believe whatever's said, whatever's preached, whatever comes over the radio, whatever comes over TV, whatever hits my mailbox. You know, oh yeah, isn't that neat? That's wonderful. Our daily bread or whatever. Whatever, however you're getting your spiritual nourishment. And uh, we've just piecemealed this thing together till it's just got down to the point where a grandma hardly has anything to say to her little grandchild. A grandpa has hardly anything to say to, to his, to his grand, grand boy who wants to be a man when he grows up. He wants, he, the, perhaps he wants to be a Christian. But Grandpa, he don't know nothing. You know, just, just uh, be good. <laughs> be careful. You, you know, if you're, you're going with this girl, you know, you can end up married in the eyes of God. <laughs> Some silly little cliche that he uh, heard all of his life that his uncle used to say or his dad used to say or the preacher said last week. Nobody investigates this stuff. Just, it's amazing how we live in a in a time that we do, where nobody trusts anybody. But it just seems like when it comes to the things that are most important, everybody seems to trust everybody. I don't understand that. How come it is I can read from the red words in the scriptures and, and look at a guy that's kind of half cross-eyed and say, you know, I never heard that before. Why haven't you heard that before? Why haven't you? You don't own one of these books? You don't own a Bible? Really? Is that a problem? Let me get you one. Oh, I got a Bible. <laughs> well, how is it you've never heard these things? How can that be? Another question of Jesus. How is it that you never read in the scriptures? How is it that you've never read this? Jesus was just totally astonished all of his life about these religious people, you know, zealots and and religious leaders and Pharisees and Sadducees and, and even scribes whose job it was to write out the scriptures. They could probably quote them to you, but they never heard what they said. How could, he's just totally flabbergasted and saying, how can this be? Have you never read in the scriptures? He, he would ask them, didn't you read that in the scriptures? Well, you're not reading this thing? <laughs> oh, we believe it's the Word of God. When was the last time you read the Word of God? Tell me. When was the last time? Oh, you just believe it is, right? <laughs> but you don't read it? I don't get that. You know, if your dead father wrote a book that you found in the attic, you would read it from cover to cover, wouldn't you? I know I would. Now, if you found a book that was written by your mom, or even your brother or something, you know, and they weren't around anymore, wouldn't you want to just read every word of it? But yet you've got a book in your hand that you think is the word of God, and it's not a part of your life to read it. I don't get that. <laughs> I really don't get that. I guess I was like that at one time. Uh, you know, when I was like that, I guess the most 
was when I was going to the church that convinced me that I am saved, that there's nothing I can do um, to, to change that, that I'll always be forgiven. Didn't matter what I did, Jesus would always forgive me. I'm, I'm, as sure, as for, I'm sure for heaven as if I were already there. And all the cliches and all the junk that goes along with it. I thought, well, what is there to this? Well, well, so what is there to this? I didn't understand why I hated people. I didn't understand why I had no control over my own mind, no control over my body. I had no uh, understanding at all why things didn't make sense to me, that there wasn't, you know, that wisdom, there, no, no. Me? Wise? No, no. There's no wisdom in me. There's no knowledge in me. There's no, I'm just a hollow, empty shell. Just walking around like an old dog sniffing through dumpsters to see if there's anything in there for me. <laughs> there was a time when I was like that. But somebody assured me that I need not seek. I'd already found. I need not worship. God, God, we've already uh, pleased God in the nth degree. There's nothing else we can do. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. No, he knows the difference between you and Jesus. You ought to find out the difference between you and Jesus. All right, am I being mean? I don't mean to be. I'd, I'd like to be lighthearted about this, but you know the little grandchildren? What have they got? Where are they going to learn this? Who's going to teach them? It's your job. Who's going to tell you it's your job? The public education system? No, just sign them up. Put them in kindergarten. Oh, will they learn about Jesus there? Well, no, but they don't, you know, they don't, we don't deal in fairy tales. We just deal in facts. That's who you turn your kids over to? Man, have we got work to do or what? <laughs> All right, let's move into our story. Um, all right, so he says, I have meat to eat. I have food to eat that you don't know anything about. They said, has anybody brought him something to eat? Of course, the answer was no. Jesus answered, my food is to do the will of God and finish the work. Say not ye, there's four months to the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look to feel. They're white already to harvest. People are killing one another out there. Yeah, young people going to school, killing one another for the tennis shoes. What the heck is going on out there? You think these fields aren't white unto harvest? You think there's not a reason for a, a, a church downtown that, that'll bring these kids in? Oh, they don't necessarily smell as good as the ones that are attending now, but you need to kick those ones out that are attending now and say, get downtown and bring some people in here. Let's, get the, let's preach the gospel to somebody that it can do some good for. You sitting there with your once saved, always saved hat on, go find somebody and let's, let's do something for the Lord. Many of the Samaritans believed in Jesus because of what the woman had told them. And they asked him to stay with them. And he remained two days. And during that time, uh, many more came to believe in him because of his own words. They said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Well, thank God. I think that's wonderful. Uh, I think that can happen. I think it's rare. It's rarer than it ought to be. Now, let me just take a minute or two, if I can, and see if I can uh, 
help you understand some of this uh, talk about the two days. Uh, I know that many people don't keep the Feast of the Lord, um, and um, uh, we at TRI, uh, we try to be faithful to do that. Um, there's a couple of reasons why. When you, when you give up the pagan holidays, you find yourself with nothing to do. Uh, the other reason is, is that our Lord God wants us to, to have happy and fulfilled lives. One of the reasons why um, this is important to him is, is because, well, it's just a natural part of life. You can't just work all the time. You need some time off, and you need some time before your God. You need some time with fellowship, face-to-face -face time with other people, um, especially those of, of the faith. And uh, so he set aside certain times for us to, to do just that. If you have an interest at all in, in keeping the days that he designated as feast days, the first thing that's going to happen is that you're going to find the need for a calendar. You're going to have to know when these days are because uh, these days don't occur according to a Gregorian calendar. They occur according to the calendar that is in the scriptures. You have an interest in this? Write to info at thinkreading.com and say you'd like to have the calendar DVD. Uh, I've got an in-depth study on this and you'll have a real good basic understanding of, of the calendar. As a matter of fact, this story that, we're, that we've been talking about for several days now uh, is in that DVD where it is approached in a little different light, uh, approached in, in, in the subject matter that, that, I'm, that I'd like to get across to you to, right, right now, today. But it's a lot more in-depth, um, which is uh, extremely um, interesting, I think, uh, that it, um, because it uh, has elements that we just never thought of here. These two days that uh, Jesus stayed with them become extremely important in that they show us that, that the Lord Jesus uh, felt it necessary to keep his father's calendar and, uh, and keep the feast days in the days, in the times, the appointed times, or in Hebrew, the moedim, uh, that he set aside for these particular feasts. If you'd like to know more about that, info at thinkredinc.com. Write me a letter. Tell me you'd like to have the, the creator's calendar DVD. I'll send it to you. Um, the next thing that will occur to you is, is how do I keep these feasts? Well, um, the, uh, the feast days, because we have probably just scraps of uh, the original scriptures that, uh, used, that used to be prevalent, um, there is not that much instruction about them. Um, but um, what you'll find is, enough in there to be able to keep these days on the right days and uh, on, the, on the days that the Lord wants us to do. Now, over time, uh, men have changed the calendar of the Lord, the feast days. Uh, they've changed the calendar over and over again. And uh, it's kind of become a problem for those who want to keep Jehovah's calendar because uh, there's only one calendar that's familiar to us now. And I have to admit, you know, reading in the scriptures about the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, finding out that it's on the 14th day of the seventh month, the first time I kept tabernacles was 
on July 14th. I didn't know there was a whole nother calendar in the Bible uh, until I found out and figured it out and just kept reading until I found it. And I have to say that in those days, I thought I was the only one in the world that was keeping it. But I found out there's a lot of people that, that just love the idea of keeping the Feast of the Lord. And, um, and you know, if, if you're a Christmas keeper or an Easter keeper or whatever holidays you celebrate, um, if, uh, if you'd like to add these in, that's, that's good. Uh, if you'd like to replace those days, even better. Um, but these are not things that, you know, that the Lord lays out saying that if you don't keep these feasts, you're going to hell. There are some denominations that teach that, I know. But uh, no, these are, these are wonderful gifts from God. And um, because men had, had dinked with them and messed with them and changed things up and made them difficult for people to understand, you wouldn't believe some of the crazy politics involved in calendar keeping. But, um, but it is a fact that uh, there was a time when, man, you didn't know what day it was because, uh, well, it was hidden. It was absolutely hidden. Um, people who made certain calculations wouldn't share the calculations with people who weren't of their faith. And, oh, it's, it's just embarrassing. We are an embarrassing lot. Um, I, I don't know how we stand before God sometimes and, and uh, we don't just disintegrate. But we've done some pretty awful things to one another. This is just one of the things that we've done. Um, and the Feast of the Lord became more and more obscure, and it was held back and, and held in, uh, in small sects or groups or cults or whatever. Um, and, um, but there's no reason to believe that, uh, that, that they're not for the Christian in today's world or not. We're invited uh, to, to fill seats of uh, Jews that uh, decided not to do it. And uh, so we, we take that privilege and we, uh, we accept the privilege and, and take it very seriously. Now, this is not an appeal to keep the feast days, but this is an opportunity to explain to you how important Jesus thought they were. And that was that the Samaritans in Mount Gerizim, they, want, they kept Feast of Tabernacles as well. Uh, they kept, uh, you know, all the feasts. Uh, which, if you want to go through them real quick, you've got uh, the sacred New Year, you've got uh, Passover, you've got unleavened bread, and you have uh, the um, uh, Pentecost, and then you have Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles, and Last Great Day. Now, uh, <laughs> you think, what? what? What did you say? Get the calendar DVD. <laughs> Info at thinkreading.com. Um, but uh, you have these uh, feast days that are, that are actually gifts to us from our Lord God. And uh, they give us an opportunity to worship in spirit and in truth. There's nothing fake about these days. There's nothing, to, there's nothing messed with about these days. You get them from the scriptures and you see exactly what the Lord wants you to do and you do it. There's your truth. The fact that you can answer a good conscience toward God, there's your spirit. 
We can now worship God in spirit and in truth, not in fake paganism, not in, in fables and, and playing with silly little cartoonish ideas about uh, uh, whatever holy days or holidays or whatever else we've been involved in all this time. Sticking Jesus' name on it, sticking uh, religious dates in it as if they're important, um, and calling it Christian, uh, trying to put Christ into a lot of these, these kind of things that, frankly, he doesn't fit in. I'll tell you where he fits nicely. He fits in the Feast of Tabernacles. He fits in Passover. And he fits in the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He fits in the, the Day of Atonement. He fits into the Day of Pentecost. He fits into these other things. Fits him like a glove. So uh, these kind of things are available to you if uh, you have uh, interest in that. And I don't know if I whet your appetite or just made you mad, but um, I, w I would love for you to look into it. And if you do have an interest, remember info at thinkredinc.com. Hey, let me take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate uh, what uh, correspondence uh, does come our way and, um, and let you know that uh, we appreciate, uh, you know, the thank you. Uh, I, I know, um, you know, I, I don't really expect much from people. Um, and I guess sending me an email is not much to ask, but boy, if you just send an email saying, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm trying to keep up, I'm running, my tongue's hanging out. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm watching as, as much as I can. And you just send that to Don at thinkredinc.com. You'll make my day. And uh, sometimes uh, the harvest does get a little bit sweaty. And it is, sometimes it is a little difficult. And sometimes it's a little bit discouraging. So uh, all I ask is, is I'd like to know that the, the message that the Lord's given me is at least reaching somebody. And so I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to help what we're doing here, all you have to do is write to uh, the, Think, the, the post office, of course, uh, Think Red Ink Ministries. And uh, that is post office box 718, Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. Don at Think Red Ink is a real quick way to get in touch. And uh, just typing in thinkredink.com will get you... Um, that's kind of the hub of everything that we're doing. So, you know, that's available to you. Thinkredinc.tv will put you in touch with, with our television uh, broadcast. And think, TRI Radio, you'll find, you'll find your way around uh, through thinkredinc.com. You'll find your way around and then it'll all come clear to you. All right, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for being a part. We'll continue with, what, uh, with the Words of Jesus series next time we see you. Until then, think red ink. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. 
Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.